It is Wednesday, January 25th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. It is. Uh, there's a lot of sports to talk about. Yes. We are not talking about the Buffalo Bills this week. I don't know if anybody's tuning in for that. Well, at least that. not right up front. At least not right up front. Uh, it's also my sister's birthday, uh, not Libby, but Susanna. Hi, uh, Susanna. In happy Buffalo. birthday. So, happy birthday to her. Wanted to send that out. Um, we are. There is some happiness in Buffalo. <laughs> There is. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about some football today. Um, we're going to be talking uh, some tennis. I know that you you have a specific yes. uh, uh, tennis player that you want to talk. Also, coming up in just a couple of minutes, Sean Smith, who is a um, Jaguars fan of many years, will be uh, calling in. to. We're going to talk about the Jags. They had a really good season this year. Yes. So we've got a Final Four. Uh, in the NFL, we have the 49ers and Eagles on the NFC side. We have the Chiefs and Bengals on the AFC side. So we are not talking about any of those teams right off the bat, but a team uh, that had a good year. Well, there were some teams that lost this last weekend that are very disappointed with yes. that outcome. The Buffalo Bills, the yep. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, not so much. The, the New York Giants, I think, felt happy to be there, but also... The Jacksonville Jaguars, well, uh, coming away from last weekend with a loss, are feeling pretty good Yeah, that uh, after what was a very difficult season last year and even some bumpy stretches early on, that they uh, reached the playoffs and looked like a team that belonged in the playoffs. That's right. And so joining us uh, via via the phone, um, all the way from Spruce Pine, North Carolina, <laughs> it's Sean Smith. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good. Great. Hey, thanks for calling in, Sean. And so uh, you have been, you and your husband, partner, are you guys married? I don't even know you yeah, and Eddie. Yeah, we, we've been married forever. All right. Fantastic. Awesome. So you and your husband, Eddie, you guys have been Jaguars fans for a long time. Can you, since since the founding of the franchise? Uh, I was start. I was a fan that started in 1996. I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. The Jags, when they first entered in 95, were in the AFC South. The Browns, I was happy I got to see my Browns actually in person for the first time. Um, <laughs> then the next year, Art Modell stole the team. Yeah. moved it to Baltimore. So they went without a team. And I got to go to a couple Jaguars games. Uh, and 96 was a magical run for the Jags. Yes. Um, they, I was sitting in the stadium three rows from the top when Morton Anderson missed the field goal at the last game in 1996 to, to put them in the playoffs. Nice. Uh, then they went on their magical run and beat your Buffalo. I, I remember that in game. Buffalo. Yes. Uh, then they went to beat Denver in Denver, which is still the largest playoff upset in NFL history. Um, and then they should have won against Brady and the uh, New England Patriots that year. Um, so after that, I was like, I can actually go watch this team play. They're good. Um, and then after that, it was I was hooked. So I was a fan forever. Uh, and then my husband, I finally converted him to be a football fan about <laughs> 10 years later. Um, and we had season tickets. We were season ticket holders for five years before we moved up to North Carolina. Yeah, so the Jags had yeah a good start to um, to their franchise history, and then there've been some some lean years, but then you know sort of rebounded the Blake Bortles sort of Doug Marone uh, run a couple of years ago. Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, yeah. Uh, of uh, what's that show? Uh, the Good Place, The Good Place fame. Um, 
But then um, last year was was the year from hell, really, with uh, Urban Meyer as your head coach. Trevor Lawrence was a was you know number one pick in the draft, but it was just a. Uh, a year that one would want to forget. Is that a, a fair way to characterize last year as a Jags fan? Uh, uh, it's, so, first off, the Jaguars from 2010 till this year had had 10 seasons of 10 or more losses. Oh, my gosh. The only winning season they had in that entire span was when they caught lightning in a bottle uh, in 2017. Um so they were we were perennial we were the worst team in football consistently so you have to understand jaguars fans have lots of ptsd (laughs) and when urban meyer was hired um there were several people who i thought he's been really successful he's the hot coach who tried everything else why not this um my husband to give him credit was like that's gonna that's bad it's gonna be really really bad (laughs) and it turned out worse than anyone could ever thought yeah so you get a generational quarterback in trevor lawrence and everyone around here knows trevor um and what he did for clemson and Urban Meyer just literally, he did stupid things like he had an open competition for quarterback in uh, training camp last year. Yeah. Um, just, it was, it was nuts. And it, it went, went downhill from there. Um, he didn't even know his players' names. It, it's, it's a joke now that, you know, so he would call it like Roy Roberts and Harris. He was calling like Roy Roberts all the time. <laughs> oh it's God. like, how, you know, it was, and it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, it was the absolute worst it could have been. The team, the things that were leaking out of the team that was going on, you know, he would, he would literally leave at five o'clock in the afternoons, tell us, tell us assistant coaches, you guys take care of it. It's just crazy stuff. Um, but, you know, for us, for fans, it's like, ah, you know how more jaguar can you get to get the first pick in the nfl draft and then have a coach try to destroy him the first year Uh, and um so we're like we went through it ended up with the first pick in the draft again by the way the jaguars had never had the first pick in the draft until the last two years oh that's so we never had the first pick in the draft ever despite those more than 10 losses in so many times in a season never had the first pick uh so the Doug exactly. Peterson hire, I mean, I think now, almost a year later, we can see that it was it was a really good choice and just what the franchise needed. Is that what you felt at the time? Or were you like, I got I to gotta see it to believe it? He is a Super Bowl winner. Um, first off, the, the coaching search, they started it. It took a month mm. for them to hire Doug Peterson, who was the first coach they interviewed. Mm-hmm. So they literally interviewed everybody. And as a Jaguars fan, we're and most of the fan base was like, we're tired of getting up again for a new coach. And just yeah. pr- prove it to us. Yeah. Right? Just prove it to us. Again, we're, we've got PTSD like crazy from all of the stuff that we're going to be good. And then gets, you know, crazy stuff happens. And it's just... And, so and Jacksonville, Sean, to sorry to interrupt, Jacksonville's a specific fan base because there's not, it's not like, well, we'll just focus on our uh, hockey team and basketball <laughs> yeah. team and other teams. So, like, the Jags are sort of what, what you've got going on. So, when it goes well, it, it feels good in a small community like that, similar to Packers or otherwise. But when it doesn't, it, it lingers. 
Uh, it does. Um, the, the Jacksonville, until the Jaguars came, was a college football town. Yeah. yeah. There still are diehard Florida Gators. You know, the, sure. the yeah. outdoor cocktail party at the Florida-Georgia game um, is still huge. Right. Uh, but the Jaguars just, tr- you know, they, they trounce everything there, especially when they're good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but we, the fans have just been beaten down so much that we're literally with PTSD. Where it's like you got to show us. Um, so our first trigger now is when something doesn't go right. It's like, oh, there we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, but you guys, you know, like I, I know you all from you know our former church, and you guys would come on Sunday mornings wearing jags jerseys like you guys are, you know, cut you and you bleed jaguars, uh, teal and black. Correct. So my husband was a banker in Florida. Some of his clients were Jaguar players. That's how Eddie got invested in the Jaguars. So my my husband has a six-inch Jaguars tattoo on his leg. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, So let's turn to this season. And then, um, yeah, and so... You know, coming in, you've got Doug Peterson. I, I, I think it was kind of like there were some weeks where it's like, wow, the Jags look great. And then some weeks you're like, how did you guys lose that game? Like, or did you guys, you know, not show up this week? Like, what what happened? It, it just felt like, I, I guess it felt like a young team. Is, is, that, is that a good way to look at it? It was a team that had never known how to win the mm. proper way to do things to lead to winning yeah the proper way to fix something when they do something wrong um you know they got out to a fairly decent start and went two and one mm-hmm. um which i was kind of happy the third game was the los angeles chargers and it was a national broadcast game so i actually got to see it in person mm. um so we're like oh great in that game they they were amazing that game they could do no wrong um and you know they won that and it was like oh we're two and one okay we play the eagles next week um you know the eagles and that game was uh in a played in a monsoon right. but the jaguars could have won that game there were plays that they made and mistakes they made they literally could have beat the eagles in philadelphia um and then that started the O for October. Uh, five games in October, and they lost all five. Oh, gosh. Out of those five five losses, they were ahead in four of them in the fourth quarter. They should have won four of those five. The first game was the Eagles, and they could have won that game. But literally, they were ahead in the four other games in October and then lost. Did something stupid on their part to lose and probably the worst of it was uh the last week in october they played in wembley stadium which is a home right. game for the jaguars because yes. the jaguars have played in in london every year for a decade now um they've given up a home game to go do that and the ugliest worst loss to the denver broncos you've ever seen trevor threw his second red zone interception in the end zone it was just horrible as worse as it could be uh, and as Jaguar fans are like, well, here we go again. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Tom, uh, what do you, uh, how do you feel about Doug Peterson? Um, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about him on the show specifically, maybe with, with, during that Eagles run. Uh, 
He seems to know what he's doing. He's got an I, I approach. Agree. He's got a temperament. I mean, yeah. he's very similar to Andy Reid. They, yes. they, they come from, from a similar idea. Uh, you, you can't argue with the results he got in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I thought the end was a, was weird there. In Philly. Yes, in I agree. So I feel some of it was sort of Carson Wentz. You yeah. know, I'm not bagging on Carson Wentz, but yeah. he just has a weird energy to try to maintain. Mm-hmm. And so I think he sort of got caught in between like, uh, this is our guy, but it's not working. And, yeah. and then, to the Eagles' credit, the you know management they saw something isn't working here, so let's reset. Let's reset. Uh, yeah. But I, I I thought he you know somewhat like Frank Reich in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I thought he sort of sent packing a little quickly. Although right. the result has proved the right decision for yeah. sort of both involved. Yep. Um, but no, I, I uh, but you know I mean you can still point to you know mm-hmm. there, there's still we just went through sometimes like how'd you lose that game? Yeah. Um, so he he doesn't. Uh, always have the best in-game adjustment plan, mm-hmm. um, but in in general, yeah, they talk about culture and yeah. teams that want to play for each other and all that stuff. He he seems to have that uh, quality to him. Yeah, I agree. I think that's all right. And then, uh, so maybe we'll sort of work up to the playoffs a little bit, and then we'll take a break here, Sean. So, like coming in, um, there was that uh, big game in the regular season against the Titans that was. Uh, you know, sort of like whoever wins this will win the AFC South, which wasn't, I would say, the strongest division, uh, certainly in the AFC. But uh, how are you guys feeling going into that game? Game where you're like, we got this, we've got the Titans on the run, or you're like, we're Jaguars fans, we can't think that way. Well, actually, so after they had their O for October, their next game they were back in in TIA Bankfield. And they came from 17 points down to beat the, beat the Raiders. Yeah, that's right. You're welcome. Amazing, right? That's never happened for the Jaguars. Where it happens every Kansas, week for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, Sean Tom is a Raiders fan. <laughs> okay, so we went to Kansas City um, the following week, and we could have won that game as well. Yeah, we just, that's right. There were things we didn't make. Um, got our bye and came back after the bye, and they started saying, listen, we had basically have to win out to have a shot at making the playoffs. The next game, you come back to the bye, you beat the the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. on a two point conversion coming from behind. That game was awesome. Detroit. Yeah, that game was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I go to Detroit, got blown out. We have no idea why, but it happened. Then they went to Tennessee, which they hadn't won in a decade in Tennessee, and beat the ever loving crap out of the <laughs> Titans in Tennessee. Um, the the play I remember from this entire year, there's two of them. One is. Trevor Lawrence stiff-arming their linebacker and running into the end zone. Uh, The second was the last play of the game was a kneel down, and one of the Titans' defensive tackles smashed into our center and knocked him back and tried to knock him into, you know, it was a dirty play. And Trevor Lawrence jumped across the line and went after that guy and got up (laughs) in his face. You know, Trevor Lawrence is giving the guy 100 pounds, and um, that's just the kind of guy he is. So we beat the crap out of them, come back home, beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, coming from behind That's by right. 17 points again. Um, and then it was like, okay, right, go to the Jets, crappy weather, win that game, go to Houston, win that game. And it set up the winner-take-all game because the Titans had gotten so beat up um, mm-hmm. that they had lost were on a losing streak, literally, uh, even to the point that Tennessee the week before that game rested all their players that they mm-hmm. could. 
including Derek Henry, who, by the way, is from just north of Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's from Yulee, Florida, literally 20 miles north of Jacksonville. But so that was a winner-take-all game, and that was that was the that had to have been the hardest and most physical game of any NFL game in this entire year. Yeah, it was a literal slugfest, um, and they won it. Right, they caused a turnover and won it again because they made plays, which was awesome. So then they're like, ah, we actually get to host a playoff game, which had been from since 2017, since that had ever happened. We've got Sean Smith here on the line. He and his husband Eddie are big uh, Jaguars fans. Let's hear a little Duval f- from you there, Sean. <laughs> Very good. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what we learned from the recap of the season is, along with uh, uh, their coach teaching them how to win, I think the Raiders really taught them how to win. <laughs> yeah. So I think the Jags, because uh, when they beat the Cowboys coming back from 70 points later, they were like, wait, we've done this before. We know how to do this. So uh, I, I'm taking some credit in your success. And then, again, that sets up the playoff, um, uh, the playoff game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we don't need to do a blow-by-blow recap of this, Sean, but um, so we know that you know Lawrence threw a number of picks in the first half. It had gotten to 27 nothing at halftime. Um, at that point, were you guys like, uh, this game's over, or you're like, nope, this, this team knows how to come back, like against the Raiders or Cowboys? How, what was your mindset going into that second half? So... Four, four interceptions, and then a punt hit one of the cover guys in the head. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. So they had five turnovers, 27 nothing. The Jaguars went down and scored a touchdown right before halftime to make it 27-7. That's right. All right, so at that time, now I was traveling, so I was in a hotel in Decatur, Alabama, nice. watching it in the hotel room. Oh, no. Eddie was home, and he was just so disgusted. He's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, okay. So I sit there and I start watching the game. They pick up after halftime, and the first thing they did, boom, stopped the Chargers, and then they kept scoring and kept scoring and kept scoring. And I literally, I didn't move from where I was at. I didn't get anything to drink. I wasn't, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a former submariner, so we're superstitious as can be. Nice. And I, I was like, I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not doing anything um to screw this up (laughs) and it was just watching it happen was unbelievable you know trevor lawrence you look at the statistics was the best quarterback in football the last seven games of the or eight games of the season yeah he was on a tear played he played that second half again just like it, it was unbelievable what he was doing the throws he was making um everything you know no drop it was just everything went the perfect and when they won that game it was just like crazy i mean just nuts um did you wake up eddie at all did he go to sleep what what happened there i i texted him and then called him um and he's like what <laughs> like they won I couldn't. I couldn't stay up for the game. I kept. I was watching it, but I kept falling asleep. But you know, when they were down ten points, I was like, "Oh, the Jags are going to win this game." There, it was just like you felt as if like, yeah, momentum, whatever it is that 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 was there, it, it was on their side for that game. 
Well, and then they had come from behind, literally, yeah. in, in almost every game they won, they came from behind. I mean, came from significantly behind. So it's like, okay, they're doing it again. They're doing it again. And then they won. And then, you know, the place goes crazy. Um, to show you how – and Trevor Lawrence, if you haven't seen his – so instead of going out someplace you yes. know, to a club or whatever, him and 20 of his teammates went to Waffle House in Jacksonville Perfect. Beach. That is, he fits Jacksonville, right? He's a perfect fit for that, the entire city, the community, everything. That's great. Um, and they just, they had a blast. Um, you know, um, so let's fast forward um, to the Chiefs game this past Saturday. Um, and again, we don't need to go through it blow by blow. Um you know, but we did see, you know, Doug Peterson, the head coach, you know, going against his his former boss and good friend Andy Reid, uh, and we also saw Patrick Mahomes get hurt in that game. You saw former Jaguars quarterback Chad Henney come in and direct a ninety eight yard uh, thing. But really, the game, uh, you know, the Jaguars were right in it, except there were just two killer turnovers that the Jaguars had in the fourth quarter. I mean, but the the game kind of felt like it was there um, if if not for those turnovers. So what are your thoughts walking away from that game? So another game the Jaguars could have won, yeah. not should have won, but could have won. Um, if they make the plays they had been making all seven games prior to mm. getting into that game. Um, you know, before Chad Henney finish that 98 drive they dropped the interception that's right okay christian kirk before that drive even dropped a sure you know 40 yard touchdown pass yeah um okay um and then you know and, and jamal agnew who the guy was amazing in that game he's he's the best returner in the nfl um and he was in that game because Christian Christian Kirk got hurt, right. and he just that fumble going into the end zone. But that's the Jaguars' game: get it into the fourth quarter, get it close, because they would have knocked that down to three points, mm-hmm. and the Jaguars would have taken and they win. They did. They went right back down and scored their next drive. Yeah. So they would have exactly like they wanted it. But you know, at the end of the game, it was just upset because they could have won that game. But what it also proved, now looking back at it, the Jaguars were not outmatched. They were not overclassed in right. any game they played this year. The Eagles, who some say are the best team in the NFC, they they could have won that game in Philadelphia. They could have won the first game against the Chiefs if they didn't if they execute properly. And the playoff game, they could have won. So they are not were not outmatched, which the future is extremely bright. Um, Trevor Lawrence basically last year was a mulligan for him with, with, you know, urban buyer this year, he finally got the first real NFL coaching career. Yes. And he started, I mean, he was the best quarterback in football the last half of the season. And going forward, he's only going to get better the second year in the system um, the second year for the entire offense in the system, you know, he's had three offenses in the last three years he's had to learn. So this year it'll just be focusing on getting better. Um, so the future is very, very, very bright coming out of Northeast Florida. 
uh, to the point that a lot of these games that people are playing in the snow, y'all going to have to come down and play in the nice weather in Florida <laughs> and sit and, and watch 70,000 crazy Jaguar fans in that stadium. Uh, well, before before we let you go, you mentioned being a, a submariner and being very superstitious, and I, I love the feeling of, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not even moving while while they're coming back. So when you are watching games, at home uh, do you have certain rituals do you have superstitions uh, you know things that you wear things that you eat that uh, that need to happen when you're watching a Jaguars game uh, we always sit in the same spots right nice. uh, and we use the NFL plus so unless the game is on a national level somewhere we don't get to watch it in in real time right but in NFL plus you can listen to your home team's radio broadcast oh, in nice. real time so we listen to you know Frank Frangie Jeff Loggeman and Tony Baselli's broadcast of these games and I'm sitting in the chair in front of the TV and Eddie's on the couch and we you know <laughs> There's certain times you go get something to eat, or not certain times you go get something to eat. Um, but it, it's it's the same ritual every time. Um, and when when we're at, we've actually got to go to a bunch of games. Uh, you know, when you're there, the Bold City Brigade and Till Street Hooligans have a pregame ritual. We go and you circle up. It's just it's nuts to go for for uh, tailgating before you go into the game, and we go to that every time. Nice, which is it's just I mean you cannot explain how crazy it is. Um, <laughs> these are the people for the ten years who put fifty thousand people in the stadium. That's those fans. Wow. So when they were horrible, we had fifty thousand. We had more people in the Jacksonville Stadium than Pittsburgh Steelers did over the same time period. That's that's impressive. Hey, Sean, thank you for calling in. This has been really fun. Hey, do it again. Hey, I will be happy to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> anytime. <laughs> that's great. And I mean, I I think they've had a they had a sort of critically acclaimed season, and I I think they'll be back in the in, in the dance uh, in the playoffs in the near future. They got a quarterback. That's the key. That's the key. Uh, and I would also say, I know last year they had sort of a hard time maybe having to overspend mm-hmm. for Christian Kirk a little bit because it was hard to get yeah. free agent signings there. Maybe after this season when you That'll see change. that there's that's a team to play for, yeah. um, so there might be more willingness for free agents to sign. Christian Kirk had a career year, had over 1,000 yards and five great. touchdowns. He, he earned his money. Yeah. He was great. Hey, Sean, thanks again, and give our best to, to Eddie as well. I will. Our thanks to Sean Smith for calling in. That was great to hear. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of good things happening down in Jacksonville for football. Uh, yes. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, uh, someone who might have been mentioned in a local sports calendar if it were college football time. Um, But uh, it was quiet, and it is quieter here in the studio of late. We do not have with us uh, Fran, the intern, who has uh, headed off uh, into the mountains to uh, explore his further education. But that doesn't mean that we can't continue to... The tradition. It is Wednesday. It's a little after the 7.30 click on the clock, and that means it is time for the local sports calendar. As Asheville FM is so good to do the local concert and event calendar three times a day, once a week we here at Run the Back offer the local sports calendar that is brought to you via remote by Fran, the intern. Take it away, Fran. Hello. 
I'm Fran Murphy, and this is your January 25th local sports calendar. The Carolina Hurricanes defeated the New York Islanders 5-2 last Saturday to improve to 29-9-8. Carolina's next game will be played tonight against the Dallas Stars. The Charlotte Hornets lost to the Phoenix Suns 128-97 yesterday to fall to 13-36. Hornets star LaMelo Ball remains sidelined due to his ankle injury, and it is unclear when he will return. Charlotte's next game will be played tomorrow night against the Bulls. In Australian Open news, American Tommy Paul defeated fellow American Ben Shelton yesterday in the quarterfinals. Paul is set to face off against Novak Djokovic tomorrow night in the semifinals. <laughs> UNC basketball defeated the Syracuse Orange by a score of 72-68 to last night. The Tar Heels are now 15-6, and and their next game will be played a week from today against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Lastly, UNC Asheville basketball defeated the USC Upstate Spartans last Saturday en route to also improving their record to 15-6. and UNCA is now tied with the Longwood Lancers for the top spot in the Big South, and they are currently taking on Presbyterian Blue House. Back to you, Tom and Scott. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Hey, uh, speaking of that, they are currently the um, UNCA uh, are playing right now. Right now. Right now. And my entire family is there. Fantastic. Uh, since Jenny is now uh, uh, an employee of UNC Asheville, this is fac- faculty and staff appreciation night, mm-hmm. so they have free tickets. That's fantastic. So we'll, we've got a new connection to UNCA Sports, so uh, like expect it. some of that uh, uh, coming Well, up. Don Fran, um, although I do think that uh, UNC will be playing the Pittsburgh Panthers next week. Yes, uh, I think that's, uh, uh, but that's all, right. All that was great, and I'm glad that we are able to continue that, and uh, that's that's good work on Fran's part, um, finding time to do that uh, with us and for us. Uh, so, yeah, again, uh, nice job lighting up. And, again, I, I'm glad we came into uh, talking about uh, this past weekend, uh, again, about a, a loss with some uh, lingering positive effects mm. rather than, what happened? What mm-hmm. went wrong? But I, I would like to sort of frame. So uh, we've been with you throughout that uh, you are a, a Buffalo Bills fan. And yes. they, they uh, have, once again, lost in the playoffs after a season that seemed to suggest uh, going further. Um, and that was tough at home in the snow, uh, getting down early and n- never really finding a chance to, to, to seize that lead back. Um, so yeah, there are some things that could be pointed to that, that could have been better, but I, I would just say there's just a lot of energy in terms of what's wrong, where you have to blow up the team, and it's like, or sometimes you just happen to be good at a time when some other teams are also very good. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs that you've lost to for a couple times, that's a very good organization yeah. with a really good coach and a remarkable gifted quarterback. Um, and as it turns out, Cincinnati Bengals, that is also looking like a very well-run organization with a gifted quarterback. Uh, it's clear that the Bills have a yeah. gifted quarterback and are pretty well-run and are, mm-hmm. are, are, are well-run when it comes to personal dynamics and, mm-hmm. and sense of family and all that kind of stuff. But maybe some of the X's and O's could, could, could be a little bit better. Um, but I, I just... I didn't like a lot of the energy that's been in the this, this, the sports machine this week of like, do you need to get rid of Sean? And it's like, how about just like, <laughs> could have done better, but boy, is Cincinnati an impressive team? Yeah, and that uh, that is the takeaway. I mean, they came out and, and beat the crap out of us. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just like it wasn't like you know, sort of Sean's thinking mm-hmm. of like, ah, oh, we brought that on ourselves. If maybe two or three plays had gone, you're like. Oh, they're just 
better. Yeah. You know, they're just decidedly better. And it was apparent from the very beginning. Uh, so, um, yeah, so a couple of things like, uh, I'm glad we didn't have to go on the air on Monday. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't have to go on the air on Tuesday. Uh, it's funny because I haven't really engaged in a lot of that, like, here's what the bills need to do instead. Mm-hmm. And like, these people should get fired. I, you know, I obviously know the things that need to be addressed. I think all of us who are Bills fans, mm-hmm. you know, see it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, it still kind of is is too close to it for me as a fan to be like, okay, this guy's got to go, right. you know. And, and there's so, just there's a lot that's involved. Yeah. It was to be expected that there might be an emotional letdown after yeah. some of the most emotional days of yeah. for a club in NFL history yeah. um, with that, and which again internally there was a you know a, a, a good uh, a mostly good outcome from what seemed to be something that could have just been. Uh, unconceivable, inconceivable. Um, But uh, yeah, running on a lot of emotion that sometimes that that can sort of fall away and then um, are are you ready to play and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, well, welcome to like the life of the Cleveland Cavaliers and otherwise. Like sometimes you're really good at a time with some some teams at the same time are also very good. Very good. Yeah, so a couple of Couple of thoughts. Or it's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple yeah. weeks back. Like that, that, that was just yeah. That that, that team didn't belong there. Just yeah. Buffalo had uh, not their best day against yeah. a team that was like we very much want to get back they, to the Super Bowl and get were, it right this time. They were locked in, and you know some of that was the whole neutral field thing. Yep. That again wasn't the Buffalo Bills' fault, but this the Bengals obviously took that personal, sure. and they were like, "Why is everybody talking about this n- neutral field stuff?" We we can win this. Yeah. We should. We're we were in the Super Bowl last year, and you know Burrow said immediately after that game, he's like, "Better send those refunds." You know, <laughs> even though like every team is selling playoff tickets, yes. like you just do that as a matter of course. But like they took it personally, so hated all of that. Um, yeah, and um, so in the game during the fourth quarter. Um, I knew my own emotional energy was not up for watching that and sort of processing that in real time. So I played football with the kids in the backyard for most of the fourth quarter. You know, it wasn't raining anymore. And so I was still kind of following the game like because we were watching it outside. And so I could sort of see like... Uh, that just happened more of the same okay <laughs> let me let me go play football i just needed a little space i needed a right. little emotional separation but uh, yeah i maybe uh someone annoyingly uh you know uh optimistic about outcomes um but along the way yes you would wish you were playing this weekend and more but uh you saw that josh allen do things with the football and oh, yeah. have touchdowns and throws yeah. and everything that were just outstanding. So uh, I would just say there is perspective. Uh, and I, I do want to come back to what we were talking to Sean, which, again, is the situation I'm at with when they were the Urban Meyer. I really don't like the coach of my team. I mm. really don't like oh, yeah. that person. 
Yes. Um, so I don't know what to do. So I have to say, I sort of I joked, but I was like, maybe I'll um, switch to Cincinnati since we share a birthday. I <laughs> yeah. think I said that kind of, that kind of thing. What, uh, Zach Taylor? You and Zach no, Taylor? No, me in the city of Cincinnati oh. literally share a birthday, um, which I found out when I was sort of sadly spending my birthday there, sort of like working. And then I suddenly walked into the Civic Center and there's this giant birthday party going on. I'm like, for me? For me. It's yes. like, no, it was the 200th birthday of Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, just what, what do you do? So they're getting like, oh, we're not having a good season, or like, I generally don't like an energy that mm-hmm. is at, at, at the, the center of the team that mm-hmm. I follow. Uh, and you can't sort of like pick and choose like the right. years that you follow, but it's just tricky. Much like that, like, yeah, what do you do? Again, it's different. Urban Meyer was, again, just inappropriate, yes. you know, uh, in a position rather than I just, I just don't like how, um, Josh McDaniels sort of organizes a team and kind of, right. uh, you know, there's a reason they they lose leads, yeah. Um, and and uh, the way they treated Derek Carr was awful. Yeah. Um, so again, they're just that dilemma of like, what do you do when you just really don't care for a central energy of the team? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. How about play play football in the yard with the kids? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of focusing on it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the last thing I wrote down is like they are at, uh, the Bills were an outstanding team this year. But the rest of the conference is really good, sort yeah. of echoing what you said. Uh, there are some fundamental decisions that kind of need to be made. Um, uh, and for as good as Josh Allen was this year, he has some stuff that he needs to clean up, too. Uh, he needs to sort of get back to some of his fundamentals. And we got to look at our... Offensive and defensive lines. Gotcha. That's, uh, and that's then the just big thing. to shift to some the other games. Uh, yeah, again, yeah, Philadelphia just uh, rolled the the Giants. Um, and, and, uh, and and you know looked really good. And you're just like, oh right, that's that team that from you about know, five weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jalen Hurts getting hurt and then coming back and wasn't cut. And then you're like, oh yeah, they're really good. Uh, they're good. Now uh, again, I thought that the the Chiefs Jags game was uh, entertaining, but the Chiefs were ahead by ten points most of that game. I think so uh, too. It wasn't yeah. necessarily a back and forth. Yes, if the Jags had put together mm-hmm. a comeback that they have shown before, it was possible. And yeah, fumbling on the four. Yeah. Is tough uh and again you could just tell the guy just wanted it he was just, just yeah tried to do a little cut little lunge and it just slipped and punched uh like that's hard um uh, but i want to talk about the yeah so that the cowboys 49ers game um you know we haven't talked about brock purdy really this much and this uh, and i think it's because i've been thinking like this this whole time, the 49ers are really dang good. They're mm-hmm. so well coached offensively and defensively. There's so much talent there. Uh, and so I've kind of been like, well, it's not because of Brock Purdy. But at some point, we have to reckon with the fact that this guy, who is Mr. Irrelevant mm-hmm. in the most recent draft, is going into the NFC Championship game. And so, you know, we've seen things like, you know, Joe Flacco's run with Baltimore, Trent Dilfer mm-hmm. with Baltimore, you know, a couple of others where you're like, I don't know if it's the quarterback that's getting them yeah. there, but, you know... He's there. Like you've got to play it's, quarterback. It's the most difficult position it's in all not, of sports. Not not the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, it, it's kind of remarkable at so, this point. And then and people love to talk about the Cowboys. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, energy and attention to Dak Prescott, which you know, understandably, he gets paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hesitation about committing to him as mm-hmm. the franchise quarterback, and he 
at times does not always shine right. in the brightest moments kind of thing. Um, but that was, a again, a tough game, a close game. And, yeah, his and turnover. The 49ers are good. Yeah, they, so the 49ers and the Eagles are uh, shining examples of when you just have an organization that puts together a franchise. Yep. Just like the lineups on both sides. Like, Man, they got that guy? Yeah, They I got know. that guy, too? I know. Um, and the Bengals and the Chiefs. Yes. You know, like these last four teams are really good. So I, I just feel so, again, it's what people like to talk about. And, yes, mm-hmm. he needed to have played better mm-hmm. in that game for what is expected of him. Um, but there were, you know, it, it wasn't like, what are you doing out there? Mm-hmm. He just... Again, I see it a lot. This is what I noticed about Lamar Jackson in playoffs. It was just, oh, you want this. You want this so mm-hmm. much that you, you press a little bit. You try something that you know you probably shouldn't. But yeah, you, What are the baseball players like grinding? Yes. You know, they're just gripping um, the bat a little too tight. So tough. Yeah. But again, that, that was a, a, you know, a, a, a tight game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he does not have quite the a team around him. Um, he's got you know yeah. a solid offense and a strong defense. But he, he might feel like Josh Allen does. Like, mm-hmm. If I don't thread this, if I don't mm-hmm. make this play, um, we're not going to be able to overcome just the wave of offensive plays that they can right. call on the 49ers where they literally have like a thousand yeah. different run plays they can call. Yeah, I know. So he just maybe has to go like, yeah, but if I don't, who is going to? Yeah. Um, and maybe you're thinking about the kicker or whatever like that. So I can't believe I'm actually sort of like feeling for Dak <laughs> a little bit yeah. when I've been like, why don't you bounce another one sometimes, like total jerk yeah, a fan. Um, but just, just that like, hey, this was on him. It was like, he should have played better, but mm-hmm. uh, eh, again, that was a close game where, mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, something going another way could could have been different. And so many teams are like, I would have loved to have been blown out in the playoffs, <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah. Um, so all that, so it's all very tricky. But I, I do think that the four remaining teams are are. are probably the best four teams i think so too uh, again I, mean, I think buffalo in another week could have found their way in um or a different opponent right. or otherwise but uh, i do think the final four is, is the fantastic four yeah two more points about the bills that i forgot to say that i can make it quick is just that um like a lot of the things that like the writing was on the wall with the bills and they were playing inferior opponents yeah you know before this like the Patriots on um, last week against the Dolphins, where I was just like, okay, I'm hoping that that will correct, you know, but um, yeah, against a team like Cincinnati, you can't do this. The other thing is that you sort of referred to this earlier, like a couple of like veterans, Von Miller, Roger Saffold, who's been in the league for 12 years, they were like, I've never seen a team more emotionally spent than the Bills. Yeah. And they they looked it. I mean, they got out so thoroughly outplayed. They had no energy. And so I, I don't want to use that as an no, excuse. It's not an excuse. But, but at, the, at the same time, you're like, I, I didn't think about that during the game. But after they did it, you're like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, when you're the feel-good story on Good Morning yeah. America, that's yeah. going to drain um, but they're away also from like, regular focus their yeah. office their co-worker died in front of them yes. and had to be revived yeah. like it's just hard you know um, so and, yeah look, looking forward to, to the playoffs that are in front of us so you teased it a little yeah. bit andy murray uh, so yeah we got the australian open uh, going right now and uh, it seems pretty inevitable that uh, uh, Djokovic is most likely going to win. Uh, Rafael Nadal went out uh, the second round with an injury, mm-hmm. and it just seems like that might 
be where uh, he is right now is just hard to sustain. Um, but I want to sing the praises of Andy Murray, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, is out at this point. But every tournament in the first uh, week, he has one or two matches that are like these epic five yes. setters. <laughs> yeah. And he's just running crazy angles and just yelling at himself and <laughs> anybody who listen. And they are so highly entertaining that people are like, yeah, but does he win? I mean, is he a champion? I'm like, I don't care. It's good TV. Often that first week <laughs> yeah. is just like again, yeah, like Djokovic being you know beating someone at six zero six one six zero kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, and they are fantastic. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, uh, most there would be some people who'd be like, "You're not winning. You were a champion, right. and now you you barely make you know the quarterfinals. Why you're still doing this? Because of those first two matches, which he <laughs> yeah. did again. Somehow the first one went, and then the, the next one went. Past five hours, he's all mad because he can't get a bathroom break, and he is just so entertaining. They cut to his mom, they cut to his girlfriend, and again, uh, Andy Murray, uh, first week of a tennis tournament, uh, fine time to watch it. He's great. Uh, champions, uh, we'll mention LeBron James. Yesterday, he had 46 points against the Clippers. LeBron has now become the first player to score 40 or more points in a single game against all 30 NBA teams. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, it was LeBron's 73rd career 40-point game, the eighth most in NBA history. We're getting to that point where LeBron's longevity, he's getting those like longevity things uh-huh. where you're just like, oh my gosh. And the only comparison I can have is with Kareem, where uh-huh. it was just like, I felt as though when I first started like watching NBA and like Kareem was there and I'm like, He's still playing in the league, and he's still really yeah, this good. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah. Uh, so, for me, I wanted to sing LeBron's James, uh, LeBron's praise, but also wanted to remember Kareem, who was an outstanding, uh, one of the greatest NBA players we've ever uh, had. And which is, uh, you know, they are about to uh, intersect as LeBron. Yeah. They're saying is maybe sort of like six, seven, eight games away from uh, breaking the all-time scoring record held yeah. by Kareem. Uh, again, if he keeps putting up 40 points, it's going to happen sooner than later, <laughs> yes. which brings up an interesting point. So yeah. they were talking to him last night. So he had this amazing game, but they got blown out by the Clippers yeah. kind of thing. So he's like, yeah, it's been strange. Um it's kind of hard to celebrate right. these accomplishments when you don't win. Yeah. So I wonder if he's got any sense about setting the record. They're mm-hmm. about to go on an East Coast trip for five games. And Anthony Davis is coming back tonight. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's again, he would have to really have again, you know, forty mm. uh, to break it on the road. But again, coming back, is there a game where you're like? Man, we should yeah. we should win that game. <laughs> yes. I, I want to set the record on a night where again we went yeah. and not like yeah I beat Kareem and we got like shelled by the Kings. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And you want to do it at home yeah. in Los Angeles with Kareem there? Sure. I don't know if Kareem Kareem is a particular. Person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say prickly, but yeah. I think particular is a yeah. little more. Uh, polite. Yeah, uh, I gave him a pass for his performance in airplane. Anything after that is, <laughs> yeah. is okay. By Listen, me. you tell your old man. <laughs> does he have to run up and down the court with Lanier and Walton every game? It's just the best ever. Just perfect. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.